0: Hi, and welcome to the Courageous Mama. How's your week going? If you're listening from abroad, just know that we are freezing here in England. And I know that from my stats, quite a few of you are sunning it over in Australia and New Zealand. My American friends are slightly cooler, but those of us in Europe have got the hot water bottles out, the electric blankets. But on the plus side, it's beautiful. There are so many stunning landscapes at this time of the year. So, For those of you who think that we Brits talk about the weather all the time, you might be right, but it does affect our daily choices and our bills, but that's a whole nother thing. So today I bring you Rachel Thomas. We've known each other for many years, but lost track of each other actually, and then suddenly we saw each other twice in one week. And when she told me what she was up to at the moment, I said, I understand that some children get to junior school still in nappies. And she said, Mads? senior school. So I said, come on the pod. She's a blast. She's full of great info, empathy and advice. So today, let's talk Poo and We with Rachel Thomas. Tell us what your role is Mm. and why you're sitting here talking about Poo and We with me today. (laughs) Yes, I'm not just your next (laughs) just (laughs) an interest
1: so my name is Rachel Thomas and I'm the lead specialist nurse for the children's bladder and bowel team for Gloucestershire so we cover all of Gloucestershire we are the specialist service you can't refer directly into us you will need to go to your GP first the GP will then refer to the school nurses they'll do the initial stuff and if it's not resolved then you'll come to us.
0: And how have you landed here? I mean, when you were five, did you think, oh, I know what I want
1: to do when I'm older? Well, I was in Bristol doing cardiology. Yes, yeah, so how, how, how come ago. you're here? Started being a nurse, 18 student nurse. Yeah. And then I did paediatrics pretty much as soon as I qualified. So I've been doing it for a long, long time. Then I had four children, so I was doing that. And, um, and then I've gone back to it. So I went back to Bristol Children's. Then was working on the cardiology unit there. It was fascinating and I loved it, but it's a young person's game. Is it? Oh, yes. Nights. It was equal yes. days and nights. And I don't sleep <gasps> on nights. So you flipped across to poo, we? So No. So I then went to work as a school nurse. And part of school nursing is the bladder and bowel stuff, which for some unknown reason I became quite interested in. I think because it's holistic... Yes. It's not just one thing. It's what you're eating, what you're drinking, what your emotional health is like, your behaviour, your habits. It's it's and the impact we can have on children mm. and young people is huge.
0: And the impact it can have if we don't catch it.
1: Absolutely. Mm, yeah. It's not just a bit of wetting. It's not a bit of nighttime wetting. Whole families are affected by it. Parents, marriages are under strain. Siblings will tease and they can't do sleep children who have got bedtime waiting, but they want to go to camp, they want to do the PGR with school, they want to go to friends for sleepover. It's socially isolating. The first thing I need to <coughs> say to children when they come in, so children very pre- often present into clinic, their heads down, they don't really want to make eye contact with me, they feel a bit embarrassed. So the first thing I will say to them actually is please don't be embarrassed because I talk about wee and poo all the time. And actually, we all we all do wheeze and poos, and when it goes wrong, it's really problematic, and can psychologically affect children, parents, cause lots of upset, um, and um, difficulty and stress. The second thing I say to children is, it's not your fault. Whatever's happening with you, it's nothing you're doing wrong. It is not your fault. We know you're not doing it deliberately, and we know that this is causing you stress and anxiety as well. And the other third third thing I will say to them is that we can fix it. So you're not broken, we can fix it. And actually the fourth thing, (laughs) um, it happens to lots of children. Children very often think, it's only them and mm-hmm. it's only happening to them. And actually, there can be lots of children in their class at school or nursery or wherever they are, and it's happening to lots of children, but they don't talk about it.
0: And you're not likely to, really, are you? Of course I remember not. Bumping By the into, way, do you wet the bed? Yes, yeah, they Exactly. <laughs> what a great conversation. I mean, it was interesting because when we bumped into each other in the woods, my question to you was, is it true that a lot of children get to primary school in nappies? And you said, Mads, mm-hmm. senior school. Yeah. And that was when I was like... All right, there's something we really need to learn here. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: So what age do you see children from?
1: So we see children from very little, really. So we we support children who have um, spina bifida, for instance. So if they have a diagnosis of spina bifida, we will see them from babies because they are unable to empty their bladders and bowels very often themselves. So they need support with that. Um, We will see children who are referred in from a paediatrician so they might be two and having problems with ongoing constipation that are right. different <laughs> that's the dog groaning in the background <laughs> not my tummy no. <laughs> it's similar. Um, so generally you don't tend to get constipation in young babies unless there's a jolly good reason for it for instance Hirschsprung is is a diagnosis. Spina bifida is another thing. There are lots of mechanical things, if you like, or reasons why they're not able to empty their bowels or they have problems with their bladders. Mm. So that might be something that might need surgery or bigger interventions. Okay. But they're the rare things.
0: What's hersprung dorsche technique? That sounds like a car thing. Um,
1: car- that, <laughs> I think that's something to do with Volkswagens. but. Um, <laughs> But Hirschsprungs is when there is um, um, a lack of certain nerve endings towards the lower end of the bowel. So children don't get the, the feeling and the stool is not pushed along. Um, okay. but that's extremely rare. Right. Um, and that's usually picked up when the baby doesn't pass meconium when it's born. Oh, okay. um, yeah. And so it's usually from the very early stages. Very occasionally it might get missed. So it's always something to bear in mind and be aware of. But it's usually having bowel problems right from birth, which tends to be more unusual. There are triggers for things particularly like constipation, triggers, things like when children start weaning. So they might be fine up until that point. They then start weaning and problems with the bowel starts. When they go to potty train, they may not like the potty. So more emotional so it, it can be a trigger so an emotional trigger so they're not keen on the potty so they hold their stool mm. the minute they start holding their stool the longer the stool is in the body the drier and harder it gets it then gets hard to pass and it's then painful to pass the minute a child passes a painful stool they will then want to hold it because they don't want to inflict pain on themselves understandably so it just but grows. it's a vicious circle yes. so they hold onto the stool it gets bigger it gets harder. So then they push it out, they might have some bleeding, they'll have pain, they'll have tummy ache and discomfort. So they hold on with all their might, but then it gets much worse. And that can be a trigger for years of constipation. Okay, um, so a formative episode.
0: issue, and then you are sort of stuck with a bit of a pattern for life. There'll be people listening to this, their child hasn't got Hirschsprung, their child hasn't got spina bifida, yeah. but they're relating. So where, where do you start?
1: If I could give one piece of advice... To anyone coming into my clinic, whether it's bladder or bowels, I would say make sure you are drinking the recommended volumes of fluid. So for a five-year-old, NICE guidance, that's the National Institute for Clinical Excellence, NICE, the NICE guidance would be about a litre for a five-year-old.
0: Now, is that a straight litre of water, or is that your milk, your water, your Not squash? milk.
1: Not milk. milk is not used by the body as a fluid. It's used by the body as a food. So you can't count milk into the overall intake. It needs to be water-based, water-based fluids. And water, to, ideally. Children can be resistant to that, can't
0: they? There's only so much water they can drink. You can't make them drink, can you? No, you
1: can't, but you can encourage them. You can you can set rewards. You can have a, a drinks bottle with sort of... um markers on the side of how much you need to drink and when you can incentivize it if you can drink that then maybe we can i don't know whatever your reward yes. system is a sticker or a sure. chocolate button or a story or a game whatever
0: and do you find that sometimes it's as simple as that with your yeah. clients yeah. they're just not drinking yeah. enough why aren't we drinking enough? I don't know. When did that stop?
1: Life's busy, isn't it? Life is busy. I don't drink
0: enough. No, I don't drink
1: enough. We're sitting here with our mint tea, though, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. I will, I will sit in clinic, and, and I'll be very aware that I'm telling this family, you know, you should really drink more, um, because it's the family. It's not just the child.
0: Okay. You so, know? And, yeah.
1: and actually, I had a lovely girl who came to see me. She was, I think, 14. And, and we're still having ongoing daytime wetting. Right. Daytime wetting is surprisingly common.
0: Is it? No when Especially you say common, girls, have you got a percentage there? No. 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 Just I see mean, it it's common it. to me
1: because it's my well, job. Well, I was going to say, it's not common and It's not to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it's surprising. And I see more children than, than I would expect. And it can simply be down to not drinking enough. If you're not drinking enough, your bladder's not working. It's not doing much. It's sitting there. And I always think of bladders and bowels as like little individuals with their own brains and
0: personalities. (laughs) You should should do um,
1: an animation. Yes, well, there are. There are some. Yes, so a bladder needs to go and bowel needs to go to the gym. It needs to exercise daily to stay fit and healthy. If it's not doing much during the day, then the muscles are just going to be a bit floppy and a bit lazy. And it's just going to be chilling out and not doing very much. Whereas if we're drinking, the blood is expanding as it's filling, it's squeezing to empty, it's expanding again and squeezing. So it's doing that all through the day. The muscles are getting nice and strong. The emptying mechanism is efficient. But I never thought of it as a sort of individual muscle group. No, and bowels are the same. So bowels are lined by smooth muscle. So we want the muscle to squeeze. So with peristalsis, the muscle is squeezing that, a stool is like a little package of waste. So we want that to move along the bowel. We want it to stay well hydrated, hence the drinking. Think of grape to a raisin, raisin back to a grape. If you've got a raisin, you rehydrate it. It doesn't turn back into a grape, but it plumps out. And that's what we want. We want nice, plump, fattish, soft stools to move in a little fashion along the bowel, being squeezed along by the muscles
0: I was emptying sausages the other day to make
1: a meatloaf <laughs> it's just sort of coming back to you me now yeah. just sort of push yeah, it along that's, idea. <laughs> that's what we want to happen however if you are not using your bowel it will stretch and it will get bigger and it will just keep getting bigger it doesn't say oh that's enough now we need to empty some children can have something called a mega colon which if you're not having a bowel movement the ideal bowel movement would be every day every other day at the most. We wouldn't want a child, or really an adult, to not have a bowel movement and emptying, because that bowel is then stretching. So what happens with children is, when your bowel stretches, the nerve endings are triggered, and the nerve endings send a message to the brain to empty. So a stool comes down, the bowel stretches, the nerve endings are triggered, message goes to the brain, you need to empty. If you ignore that, It goes away. The signal stops. Okay. So it's a signal for a few minutes, you know, a bit. You need to go for a poo. But then if you leave it, the signal stops and the stool sits there.
0: Right. You can't like the alarm put on repeat. No,
1: (laughs) unless another stool drops down. So the conveyor belt keeps moving, you're eating. Another stool comes down and sits in the holding bay, I like to call it. Mm. Sits in the holding bay and the bowel stretches a bit more to accommodate it stretching happens, signals are triggered, back up to the brain, you really do need to go for a poo because there's two waiting now. And some children, because they are so worried about pain, if they've had a painful poo, they'll hold on to it. There's even a thing called retentive posturing, which means they will do a dance, they will become a banana, stand on their tiptoes, they will do anything they possibly can do to stop that poo leaving their body because they know it's going to hurt. it's a hard poo so what do you
0: do about all of that i mean can we separate these issues and kind of go what would you do about that one or that one or
1: that one okay so we've got three main areas so the three main things or four main things i suppose but three main things i deal with will be daytime wetting nighttime wetting and constipation and bowels the first rule of all of it is deal with the bowels first so a lot of the experts particularly american ones will say 90% of all bladder dysfunction or bladder problems, like wetting, can be related to the bowels. Is that right? Bladder and bowels sit together in the pelvis, and girls have got an extra thing. We've got a uterus as well. So a lot of girls will get more daytime wetting when they're pre-coming up to their period. Okay. So they're pre-menstrual. But apart from the girls, so bladders and bowels sit next to each other if your bowel is full because you haven't opened your bowels for two or three days and it's doing the stretching we just talked about it's getting really bulky it's occupying more space so our bladder is now getting very unhappy and very squished and I have got a little animation of that so we've got the big big cross bowel being a bit of a bully and the bladder's feeling a bit squashed and sad because the bowel is bumping into the bladder so children can get little dribbles of wee because they're moving around and everything's moving around inside them and the big bully bowel is bashing into the, into the bladder. So that's cause one. And what would you do for that? Sort the bowels out. Yes. So the way to sort bowels out is certain things you can do. Drink more fluids because that's the most important of anything. Drink plenty because that will... Anything that's dry and old, it has been there for a little while, needs rehydrating. If we're hydrated, our poos will be hydrated and they will come out better. It almost seems
0: too simple, doesn't it? You've got a constipation issue, it's been going on for years, mm. you've asked the nurse, you've asked the doctor, nobody will refer you. They yeah. finally get an appointment with Rachel and she mm. says, drink more water. Yeah. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, no,
1: it isn't, but it's important. Yeah. It's okay. really important. It's phase one. But it's not the only thing. Okay. It's something we can do that's not medication, Yes, It's free, we've all got access to it Mm. So water is the first thing So you eliminate that Yes. However, it's more complicated than that Some children, particularly children who've got additional needs Children with autism There's a higher incidence of constipation And slower gut transit in children with autism So drinking water is not necessarily going to fix it for them It may be that they need a medication So we have two types of medication one is a hydrator, so it's called a macrogol, which is excuse me, something like movicol, laxido, cosmicol, And that will hydrate the poo, puff it out, so the nerve endings are touching something to know to push it along. And then we've got a stimulant, a bowel stimulant. One thing people need to understand is a bowel stimulant will not give you a lazy bowel. Lots is that a of stimulant? Gosh, if they have medication for their bowels, will that mean they have a lazy bowel and the bowel won't do it for themselves? Okay, I didn't know A that lazy was. bowel is one that doesn't go to the gym like the bladder does. It's not working, it's not being used. So those muscles get a bit okay. floppy and a bit ineffective and they're not doing very so much. So the
0: medication will give it a kick and then
1: you can it's get those muscles moving again. It's stimulating again. the nerve endings to squeeze the poo along. So that's moving everything along um diet is quite important no one leaves my clinic still eating white bread okay <laughs> this is your bugbear white bread it, it is my go yes go on have your rant <laughs> everyone who's been into my clinic so white sliced bread from a supermarket can barely be classed as a food it really it's just okay, i'm 100 guilty at this point <laughs> <one. laughs> just if you squeeze it in your hand it stays like that it's just gunky From a bakery when it's been made from um, more natural uh, substances with less additives and whatever other stuff is they put in the bread. Bread that goes stale. Sourdough bread is good because that's got something that will help your gut bacteria. Gut bacteria is another big topic yes because we're all on these gut bacteria pills somebody persuaded me to buy
0: some and i i put they're in the cupboard mm. <laughs> i suppose you've got to have a need in order to get to the point of wanting to do that you or are can, you saying that you should do that first it, well yeah
1: i mean i take something a probiotic yes that's what and I, I eat mean. lots of prebiotic foods right. that will nourish the probiotics okay um gut health is one of the most important things we can we can okay. focus so on...
0: I would just like you to know, when you arrived and I was eating a wrap, it was
1: full <laughs> of baked cauliflower. Perfect. So just to redeem myself. Spring lentils. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, so gut flora is... There's a, there's a, I'm not going to go off on this because there's is a major tangent, but gut health and brain health is okay. an absolute direct, undeniable correlation. So if you've got a parent
0: sitting there thinking, I want to make a difference, but I cannot take this on, the whole kind of gut health thing, yeah, you would say the white bread give them three top tips not just
1: white bread but white stuff white stuff like white really? i know white pasta is a tricky one because whole wheat pasta is difficult whereas white bread you can change it to the 50 50 it's all about compromise okay and i will also say it's an 80 20 rule yes you don't have to give it up forever okay if you want a lovely crusty white bread sandwich at a weekend have it mm. but most, most of the time Make sure you're having, you know, your Wheatabix for breakfast or cereals, some fruit.
0: Now, that's so interesting you say that because I always think of cereals as being so processed. What on earth good could they do for you?
1: It depends what you're having. So, Wheatabix, shredded wheat, those sorts of things aren't terribly processed and they have quite a lot of fibre well, in them. Have you seen them. the shape of them? Well, yes, obviously <laughs> that, there is that. But but compared to, I think there's a cereal called Crave, which is literally just chocolate, chocolate biscuits. okay. so only on sundays (laughs) compared to that wheat to bix and shredded wheat is not too bad so
0: you're saying look at your choices make a slightly better one you don't have to whiz to the other end of the spectrum and become a vegan vegetarian no organic probiotic person no you've tried
1: (laughs) i've tried the vegan (laughs) for about a week and i lived on beans on toast Wholemeal bread, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> On <her now. laughs> 50-50. Yeah, so yeah, the vegan thing was, was, was challenging.
0: Just cutting into the podcast to share some thoughts with you. So first of all, the book Parenting for Life is available and a great Christmas present. It's a coffee table book. It's full of tips and tricks and tools and empathy and how to keep you cool and how to make plans when you don't know what to do and a lovely thing to give and a lovely thing to have. Keep on your bedside table and put on your coffee table. It's written in such a way that you can literally just flick open a page and you will gain something. Or you can go from beginning to end and just read it as a book and enjoy the pictures as well. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about is the fact that, as you know, I'm a parenting coach. And although I do have a waiting list, it does go down. So keep up with um, letting me know if you've got some needs and if you want to know anything about coaching and what that involves and so on very happy to chat to you and the third thing is that some of you ask me well actually lots of you ask me on a regular basis when am I next going to do a parenting course so I've got a couple of things coming up in the new year so I gather a small group of parents so literally between six and eight and we do six weeks in a row not crossing any half terms or holidays gathering one night a week And I cover all the different things that we go over in the podcast and in the book, the challenges, the ways to get your relationship in good shape with your children at the same time as keeping your boundaries in place for their sake as well as yours. And there are two ways to do that. Um, In the past, I've had groups that are literally a friendship group or a book club and they get in touch and we just do it with them and their friends or you can do a potluck and you can come and sign up and just join in and you'll be gathered up with that group of six to eight people. And you don't have to share anything that you don't want to share. You can share conceptually or just talk about ideas and tools and how they could and would work in your family or how they could and would work in general. So it's very informative. Actually, um, comments have been life changing, life shifting, thought changing, future changing, (laughs) children changing, marriage changing, relationship changing and all for the better. So do let me know if you're interested in that and the last and final one is that I am going to do a day. So it'll be a weekend day in the new year where it'll be roughly the same but a more condensed version just to come and pick up some great skills, tools, thoughts in parenting And have a chance to just process some stuff and just help what you're doing at home. So if you're interested in the book, you can go online. I'll put um, a link in the show notes. If you're interested in the course, either with your own friends or with a group, let me know. And if you're interested in the day, let me know. Back to the
1: podcast. So to break it down, the things you can do for vials are drink plenty of water have a look on nice guidance they will tell you the recommended volumes to drink or actually have a look on eric anyone who's got any bladder or bowel challenge please 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 have a look on eric it's www.eric.org. You can tell our age that you're still using the www. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can drop that now.
1: <laughs> I think we can. <laughs> do that i think it's because i type it yeah yeah yeah. Oh, so do that's, you? okay well not type it but i when yeah. i do my letters i always add in the eric okay and the bladder and bowel uk yes which is bladder and bowel no <laughs> hang on it's um bbuk.org.uk okay what eric and the bladder and bowel websites don't know is not worth knowing Really? They're that comprehensive? They do our training. So I could have just asked Eric, what are you doing here? Yes, it's not a person, by the way. (laughs) Because I always, at the end of my clinics, I always say to children, so any more questions or any questions and the parent and the child? And they're like, oh yeah, I do have a question. Is Eric a real person?
0: (laughs) So they can go on Eric, they can eat better, they can hydrate themselves. Is there any other magic button?
1: So the best foods, we've talked about avoiding white processed stuff. Fruits and vegetables are important as we all know things with skins or seeds blueberries blueberries raspberries strawberries sweet corn baked beans peas all that i stuff. always thought sweet corn just went straight through yes it does but that's the <laughs> fiber it's unchanged
0: but then how's that any different from the white bread that hasn't got anything good to do
1: no because the white bread gunks everything up okay talk us through the book that you brought okay so this is a book that um has recently been published it's written by adam k love him was the guy Cheeky. that did this is <laughs> going to hurt so he's now written a book about poo brilliant my hero because actually we need to be having these conversations with children yeah everyone gets a little bit embarrassed about wheeze and poos and i really don't understand why do you think they do? Do you think people with their children? Yes, they I because really I would have
0: thought it was sort of our seminal word for a few years. You know, well, yes, all jokes were people and wee. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I don't think I've moved on. <laughs> no. well, I
1: clearly <laughs> haven't. <laughs> you live in it. Okay, um, so you recommend so that This book? is a great book to help children understand the journey of their food through their bodies, and because Amy um, is the last surviving. Thing. so I think she was on a pizza so the rest of the pizza gets eaten and digested and mushed up Amy is the superhero that nothing can squish her or do anything to her and she goes all the way through until oh, oh, she's brilliant. right at water skiing through the is. bowel.
0: So if you've got a child for whom information is going to make the difference yep. to their why, why should I eat this? Why shouldn't I? Hundred percent. Because mummy says. Because I am says.
1: very, very keen on children understanding their bodies. I had a clinic this morning and I had a little boy and we were talking about his bladder and he was super intelligent and was thinking about everything I said and would process it. And I said about bladder. I said, do you know what your bladder is? Yeah, you know, we forget things, don't we? We forget. Do you know we talk about bladder? We talk about bowel some children don't even know what that is Okay. Um, and I said to him do you know what your bladder is and he went mm, uh, yeah so, so it's like a stretchy balloon isn't it that holds the wee and I said do you know where it is and he did manage to point at where it is but it's interesting because children and that's why I will say if you go onto Eric they have videos for children that they can watch and they're very children friendly it's a section for professionals a section for parents and a section for children mm. I think it's really important.
0: So what I want to go back to is you've got a child. I want to ask you a couple of things. One is about a child entering primary school and not being potty trained. The other is the issue of um, not being continent when you reach senior school. So mm. you have said it's a number of different things. So, If you've got that mm. parent who is just at their wits end, mm. where would you start with them if they can't get their child out of nappies at the age of four?
1: I think if, if we could go back in time... I would say early intervention is better than later intervention. Don't ever wait for your child to show signs of being able to potty train. Have the potty sitting around. Let it be a familiar object. Sit them. Let them sit on it and reward them just for sitting, even with their clothes on when they're little, when they're really tiny. Just get them used to it, so it's not this strange, cold, particularly a child who's got um, sensory needs. So a cold, plastic, hard potty. Is something they don't really want to sit on, but if they've got used to it from the beginning, then life is so much easier, because they're used to it, they know what it's for. Let your child see you on the loo, talk about it. So it's a very everyday, thing nothing to be afraid of Mm. if you've got a child who's worried about going into the toilet or the bathroom decorate the bathroom let them draw some pictures and stick them up on the wall get an inviting toilet seat so they're welcomed by it. it's familiar to them their own toilet seat if they don't like using public loos get a portable toilet seat that you can take with you that's theirs i don't like sitting on public loo toilets i'm thinking of getting Myself. <laughs> A portable one. Yeah, some pepper pig or something no. like <laughs> that. That's one big handbag you can get
0: And you say that early intervention is the best thing. Well what if they haven't and okay. there they are?
1: So if we've arrived at school and um, school they're not thrilled about the fact that your child's arriving and they're not toilet trained because they want to be there to teach. They don't want to be there to have to do the changing and stuff like that. So I would say you need to find out the reason why mm. they're still in nappies. Mm. Um, So I'm not a toilet training expert. Mm. Is it because the poo's hurt? Are they constipated? Again, Mm. it goes back to the bowels. You cannot toilet train a child if they're constipated or if they're not drinking enough. It it can be control. Children control if they sleep, if they eat, and if they poo. Mm. So when a
0: child comes into your office, Mm. will it be because of the bladder or the bowel or both? Any. And so... It won't necessarily just be that they haven't potty trained by the time they've hit school. Little...
1: No, so children that come to me will be, they'll have gone through the school nursing service. Yeah. So first of all, if you're having a problem, say your child's had constipation for three months and you can't sort it out. You've tried drinking more, you've tried conservative measures, the things you can do at home. Sitting on the toilet 20 to 30 minutes after a meal is another good tip with a stool to support their feet. As I told you. Twenty children, to thirty minutes. After a meal. That sounds like a punishment. No. <laughs> well, you're all comfy and So it's called the gastrocolic reflex. So gastro-stomach colic colon. When you eat, it's a bit like a slot machine. You put something <laughs> in the top and it all chugs along, it has to make room, and something comes out the other end. I yeah. in an idle world. Yeah. In and an, an convenient slot moment. <laughs> um so When you eat, it will start peristalsis. So everything will move. And that is an opportune time. It's a window of opportunity. Mm. So 20 to 30 minutes after eating, pop on the loo. If you can get them to have a footstool to raise the knees higher than the hips. So years gone by, we would squat Mm. to do a poo. The Victorians came along and they decided that was very uncivilized and we needed to sit on a kind of a throne, a chair, so instead of sitting and squatting with our knees up, sitting forward, we now have our knees back down and our backs, upper body further back, mm. which is counterproductive for the Unless bowel. Unless you're French. Well, then they do. The French are much healthier about it. Yeah. It's much more sensible. We should all be squatting, really. And I know Ooh, some of sh- those French toilets yeah anyway i digress I
0: (laughs) okay so putting them on the toilet after a meal so they'll they'll do them to school nurse they'll come to you at that point it isn't something you can do at home so you will suggest Mm. the water but presumably the school nurse has suggested that so you're looking at
1: i'll be looking at medication Mm. so children will hopefully have started with some medication with the school nurses which will be something like a macrogol which should be the movicol but school nurses tend to be just conservative measures And the school nurses have to do lots of things. They have to do safeguarding, uh, drop-ins at schools and support teenagers with mental health. Hmm. So bladder and bowel stuff is one of the areas that they manage. So it's just conservative measures. It's things like, have you drunk enough? What are you eating? Toileting, routines, things like that. Bladders and bowels love routine. So They like drinks and food at a regular interval, so they can then empty at regular intervals. So everything is in a nice routine, which is why when children go to school, their routine's out, and they can then become constipated. They may not like the toilets at school. A lot of children don't drink at school because they don't think they're going to be allowed to go to the toilet or they have to ask, which is a huge problem. Is it really? Huge. Yeah. I had someone today. Doesn't She doesn't drink at all when she's at school. She's 15. Why isn't she allowed to go to the toilet? Or, or does she not like the school? No, mood? because she's got a toilet pass. Imagine you're a 12-year-old girl. And you have got a wetting problem
0: mm.
1: in the day. So your bladder is probably overactive, oversensitive. Things that will trigger sensitivity are things like fizzy drinks, chemicals added to drinks like sweeteners, colours, even Haribo. I'm so tight about fizzy drinks. Yeah. But I've only ever done it for dietary
0: reasons. I didn't realise that. Mm. That's major. Mm. Because I bet a lot of your
1: clients are drinking mm. sweet drinks. Or school. interestingly, yes, they'll sit there and they'll be no, no, they only have water, and I'll say, and the child is looking down, and I'll be, is that right? Well, I do sometimes get a coke on the way from home from school. Okay. Okay. That and, will be that. And one. that blue drink. Oh. <laughs> All of those things. Water That's so is fascinating. The best drink. Yeah. So I mean, I imagine. think we know
0: that, but what I didn't know was that extra yeah. dimension. But the most
1: interesting dimension, which I think, still think I'm a bit of a nerd. <laughs> nerd on. <laughs> Poo nerd. <laughs> we nerd. Bladder nerd. Bound nerd. All of the above. Um, so I imagine my little bladder sitting there and there's water and it's just chilling and it's lovely and it's filling and squeezing and filling and squeezing and the water's all bathing and it's beautiful... Then in comes a Coke. It's carbonated, caffeinated, it's got sweeteners in there, or sugar, there's all sorts of things in there. The nerve endings go crazy. They don't like fizzy drinks, they don't like artificial things. The nerve endings start to twitch and then I've suddenly got a bladder that feels like it needs to empty, but it's not really full. So children are needing to go for a wee three times in an hour. And are teachers not permitting the toilet enough? No. So teachers will say, go to the loo in break times. Mm. That was your opportunity. Mm. You've come back from break. It's half an hour later. And now you're telling me you want to go for a wee. Most people, that's reasonable. You would think, well, actually, yes. You have been to the toilet half an hour ago or had the opportunity to. You shouldn't need to go for a wee again now. If you've got an overactive bladder, you do. Do you think that child is going to be able to concentrate on their lesson? They're not going to look at how to do long division when they think, actually, I'm going to wet myself in a minute. I can't think of anything. Then really? I'm going to it's be something. It's always humiliated. on a long journey,
0: isn't it? And I think, I can't it, even think.
1: <laughs> no, it takes one episode of wetting at school for that child to be seen to be bullied for years. Ooh, gosh. Do you know, Mads, it makes me want to cry. I'm getting emotional. I can see that. <laughs> And it's
0: Well, these I've are had, people to you. I mean, it's a theory to us here, isn't it? But if you've got a child yeah, with this. Or I've seen a in your gorgeous clinic, little
1: girl who came into clinic. She had to sit on the loo in her break times with a book on her own because she was so worried about wetting. She'd oh. stuff wads and wads and wads of toilet roll oh, into her pants. Bless. She'd have spare wads in her pockets. Yeah. It takes over. Yeah, yeah. This is not just a little bit of wetting and a little bit of constipation. Now, My advice would be get in early. There is help to be had. Get in early. Look on Eric. Look on Bladder and Bowel UK. Do what you can yourself with the resources you have. Drink plenty of water. Make sure your bowels are clear. Then, if you've done all of that and it's still not working, there are other things we can offer there is a medication that actually I've recommended today for someone who has an overactive bladder this girl's 15 and nothing's been done to help her And she's had to cope with this, like stopping off twice on her way from, I think, from Evesham to Mm. Chipping Camden. It was. So, if she's got an overactive bladder. She needs medication. No brainer.
0: So, it's not Coke and it's not fizzy drinks.
1: We've ruled those out. And what kind of medication do
0: you give someone with an overactive bladder?
1: So, it's a medication called an anticholinergic, which is it relaxes the bladder. So, it helps the bladder not be so twitchy. So, it's not responding in a crazy way. It's relaxing more. it retrains it. The biggest trigger for bladders, sensitive bladders, is concentrated wee. So think back to our 12-year-old girl who can't get out of her lesson to go to the loo, or my girl I saw today who doesn't drink at all. She's got an overactive bladder. She doesn't drink at all in the day at school because she's terrified of having a wetting accident. She doesn't drink all day, so her urine is very concentrated. And that is triggering her bladder even more. Yeah. So, so it's exacerbating the problem. But totally, mm. really common. Children who are worried about wetting at school yeah. don't drink. Yeah.
0: Yet I'm feeling for those teachers who've got those children wandering in and
1: out of class all day. Mm. Possibly not needing the toilet, just wanting to leave. No, but they should. I think if you know your students, you know the ones mm, who have true. a problem. We have, There is a thing called a toilet pass that just some children can have. They can just hold up the pass. It means teacher knows what it's for and off they go without a fuss. Okay. I don't think children should be embarrassed they don't want to have attention drawn to them. Mm. So they can just hold up a card discreetly mm. and off they go. Mm. I also have a letter. In fact, I gave it out today to this girl and said, you know, you need to hand this to your teacher or form teacher. She was older. So you she'll have several different teachers, which is more challenging. And it's headed on, you know, NHS paper so hopefully they'll read it and think yes this is from a proper person who is telling me that this is what they need to do it's not mm. just made up so she can get out of the lesson
0: and I do think schools are getting better and better I really do, having a 14 year old and a 29 year old, the difference mm. in the understanding of the sort of um, emotional side yeah. of looking after students has definitely progressed I could just go on all day it's absolutely I fascinating
1: <laughs> so much more Max. and
0: haven't we been mature talking about wee and poo like this for about an hour so that's absolutely brilliant thank you you're very welcome so do you feel there's anything that I haven't asked you that you feel is a critical piece of the information
1: no I think we've covered most things but I would just say don't don't wait Get it get in there early because actually the psychological harm that can happen to children mm. from bullying the emotional harm
0: And then you've got all the knock-on effects. It's huge. Yeah. Children really worry about it. Mm. Isn't she great? She's a hoot. She's a laugh. She always makes me giggle, or I make her giggle. I'm not sure which way around it is, but it's great fun. And a big topic. I mean, it's amazing how many things in life, if they're going smoothly, we just don't really think about them. But the minute they don't, a little bit like I went over to my mum's this morning and her water got turned off. Suddenly, everything in life looks different doesn't it when you don't have what you have come to expect and so it is with bladder and bowel so i hope that was informative even if it just helped you to understand what a friend or a friend's child is going through or whether it hits closer to home and you've been able to go away with some information and if you want more of that in the show notes are the book and the links that rachel gave me so have a great week and i'll see you next time